Alrighty, hi everybody and welcome to Abby's Book Reviews Podcast Style. Here we're going to talk about books, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Alright, today guys, we're going to be talking about The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. And now I know this one is going to be an interesting review because it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews. Some people, like myself, are crazy obsessed with it while others think that it's lacking a little bit. Jude was seven when her parents were murdered and she and her two sisters were stolen away to live in the treacherous High Court of Fairy. Ten years later, Jude wants nothing more than to belong there, but many of the Fae despise humans, especially Prince Cardin, the youngest and wickedest son of the High King. To win a place at the court, Jude must defy him and face the consequences. From number one New York Times best-selling author Holly Black comes the first book in a stunning trilogy filled with twists and enchantment as one girl learns the meaning of true power. So if you guys, if any of you are avid followers of my Instagram page, I said that I would be going into more depth on the book and here's how I did that. I decided to buy a journal and write down my favorite spots in the book marking them with tabs so I knew exactly where they were, and let's dive into that. For a long moment, they stand still, regarding each other. Cardin swings his sword in a desultory manner, and Balkin brings down his staff hard, smacking him in the side of the head. I wince at the sound of the wood against his skull. Cardin staggers forward, baring his teeth. His cheek and one of his ears is red all the way to the point. This is ridiculous, Cardin says, spitting on the floor. Why must we play this silly game? Or do you like this part? Is this what makes it fun for you? Swordplay isn't a game. Balkin swings again. Cardin tries to jump back, but the staff catches the edge of his thigh. Cardin winces, bringing up his sword defensively. Then why call it sword? play all right guys so we're starting off strong right off the bat this was a excerpt from page 116 um of the cruel prince and i feel really bad for cardin because maybe this explains why he's so mean to everybody you know and nobody really knows what goes on behind closed doors and he has a lot of pent-up anger especially if he is constantly getting getting beaten down by his older brother he's gonna have a lot a lot a lot of pent-up anger and so I, I really feel for him in this scene um so the next excerpt is from page 117 and let me flip to it real quick all right <clears throat> tell me Balkin's voice has gone silky, and he paces around his younger brother. When will you cease being a disappointment? And like right off, right when I read that, oh my god, it made me so, so angry. And, you know, I had one of those moments where I wished that I could have reached through the book and like smacked Balkin upside the head I was so angry 
and I was like why 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 are we being like mean for you know absolutely no reason and I really did not see Balkin being this asshole like yes I knew he was mean but I didn't think he was going to be this like jerk so I'm officially team Dane as of right now I am I'm very team Dane like go Dane Cardin begins to strip off his shirt, showing an expanse of moon-pale skin and a back with a delicate tracery of faded scars. My stomach lurches. They're going to beat him. Now, this made me think of Maxon from the selection. Attitudes are polar opposite. I thought immediately of the third book when we finally figure out what's going on behind closed doors with that family in the selection and it made me think of you know it's like this exact same thing kind of we learn that Cardin has been going through some tough stuff and this is where I really started to kind of sympathize for Cardin in the book Sophie isn't looking at me though her eyes are closed and then as I am watching, she tilts to one side, lets go of the steed's mane, and lets herself fall. Vivi grabs for her, but it's too late. She is plunging soundlessly through the night sky toward the mirrored darkness of the sea. When she hits, there is barely even a splash. I cannot speak. Everything seems to slow around me. I think of Sophie's cracked lips, think of her saying, please, just tell me this isn't real. I don't think I can live with any more of this being real. I think of the stones she filled her pockets with. I hadn't been listening. I hadn't wanted to hear her. I just wanted to save her. And now, because of me, she is dead. So that was an excerpt from page 193. And I think this shows a perfect example of how dangerous magic can be and also how dangerous these people really are. This poor girl, Sophie, was absolutely traumatized and thought it better to kill herself than go on. And I think this is really hard for Jude because it just cemented the fact that not everyone can adjust to magic as well as her and her sister did. And that the reality is this magic and this power that these people have are dangerous and it can be used to inflict like serious damage and so I think this is um, the first really eye-opening moment that Jude has with regards to magic and the fey people. He slams a dagger down on Maddox's desk. Pick it up he says, and I feel the compulsion of a glamour. My fingers close on the hilt. A kind of haziness comes over me. I both know and don't know what I am doing. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to put the blade through your hand. When I ask you to do that, I want you to remember where your bones are, where your veins are. I want you to stab through your hand doing the least damage possible. His voice is lulling hypnotic, but my heart speeds anyway. Against my will, I aim the sharp point of the knife. I press it lightly against my skin. I am ready. I hate him, but I am ready. 
I hate him and I hate myself. So that was a excerpt from page 196. And seriously, like three pages later, we see another perfect example of how dangerous these people are. Um, in all fairness, though, Dane was punishing her for disobeying orders. But I mean, still, I would 100% consider this a, like an abuse of power. You know, he took her one vulnerability and used it against her. Maddock gets there before I do. For a brief moment, I am relieved. His commander's loyalty might be bought, but Maddock would never. Then Maddock thrusts his sword through Dane's chest with such force that the blade emerges on the other side. He drags it up through his ribcage to his heart. I stop moving and let the crowd flow around me. I am still as stone. I see a flash of white bone, of wet red muscle. Prince Dane, who was almost the High King, falls on top of the gem-crusted red cloak of state, his spilling blood lost in the jumble of jewels. Traitors, Eldred whispers, but his voice is amplified by the space. The word feels as though it rings through the hall. Um, what? Madoc betrayed us, and I'm not even, I wasn't even sure what to write down like as a thought because I was like so shocked. God, poor Jude has to be so confused. And I pose this question though. Did everyone else in the family know that it was going to happen? And is that why Taryn couldn't say anything? Or why Oriana warned her about going above her station? So, you know, it's, it's like, it's that plot twist moment that like changes the entire book you know it's like the oh i didn't think this would happen and then like it happens and you're like what the heck i am led into the game room and sit on the floor with my head in my hands when i bring them away they are wet with tears i wipe my fingers quickly against my pants before taryn can see so that was page 279 and in the couple pages before we just found out that Taryn had betrayed Jude and everybody was in on this joke to make Jude look like the fool. Everybody, Cardin, all of his friends, Locke, Taryn, everybody was in on this like really cruel twisted joke because Taryn thought, oh, this is like, if I'm in on this joke, against my sister this is the only way that they're going to accept me because Taryn has this like undescribable urge to be part of this fey community and so in her mind she was like oh well this is the price I have got to pay this was another plot twist and I was I was so angry you know because the one person that was always in Jude's corner wasn't actually really in her corner or at least she wasn't anymore and so I was very upset when I found this out I it was another I want to reach through the book and like smack you across the face so before I read this excerpt um if you are seriously like super into this book I would recommend grabbing some tissues because I did cry so here we go 
I put both of my hands on the desk. Just tell me why you hate me, once and for all. His long fingers smooth over the wood of Dane's desk. You really want honesty. I am the one with the crossbow. Not shooting you because you promised me answers. What do you think? Very well. He fixes me with a spiteful look. I hate you because your father loves you, even though you're a human brat, born to his unfaithful wife, while mine never cared for me, though I am a prince of fairy. I hate you because you don't have a brother who beats you, and I hate you because Locke used you and your sister to make Nikasia cry after he stole her away from me. Besides which, after the tournament, Balekin never failed to throw you in my face as the mortal who could best me. I didn't think Balekin even knew who I was. We stare at each other across the desk. Lounging in the chair, Cardin looks every bit the wicked prince. I wonder if he expects to be shot. Is that all? I demand. Because it's ridiculous. You can't be jealous of me. You don't have to live with the sufferance of the same person who murdered your parents. You don't have to stay angry because if you don't, there's a bottomless well of fear ready to open up under you. I stopped speaking, abruptly, surprised at myself. I said I wasn't going to be charmed, but I let him trick me into opening up to him. As I think that, Cardin's smile turns into a more familiar sneer. Oh, really? I don't know about being angry. I don't know about being afraid. You're not the one bargaining for your life. That's really why you hate me? I demand. Only that? There's no better reason? For a moment, I think he's ignoring me. But then I realize he's not answering because he can't lie and he doesn't want to tell me the truth. Well? I say, lifting the crossbow again, glad to have a reason to reassert my position as the person in charge. Tell me. He leans in and closes his eyes. Most of all, I hate you because I think of you often. It's disgusting and I can't stop. I am shocked into silence. So that was the, what I'm assuming is like Cardin's admittance that he loves Jude. And that was pages 305 to 307. And here I didn't actually write down any thoughts. I just kind of wrote out some questions. So are we figuring out that Cardin is actually a good person or that he at least doesn't have crooked morals? Maybe that he actually cares for Jude. Is this going to be a character redemption arc? Who knows? I mean, and then I finished the book and I have so many more tabs, but those were just the tabs that I wanted to talk about just because those are my favorite ones and I thought they had the biggest impact moments of the book. You know, what an ending to the book. I mean, geez, if I was Cardin, I would be absolutely pissed at Jude for what she did. You know, and I can see, I can understand why some people say that it's lacking a little bit just because, you know, you think maybe that it's going to have a little bit more romance in it. But as far as the plot goes, I don't think it was lacking at all. I think it was like the perfect introductory book to what hopefully will turn out to be a fantastic trilogy.
Alrighty, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and please make sure to go check out my book review page. It is at Abby's Book Reviews on Instagram. And for now, this is Abby, signing off.